I just always sound insane in my head, though. I'm not right, so it's fine. Are you not? No. Far You're from, not right. Far from it. Why are you not right? I don't know. I spent a day throwing people on the floor yesterday. I know, so but so did another 30 people who no, all had not, enormous They're, not, they're not right either. They're not right. We're no. not right in the head. Nobody is right in the head. Anyone who likes Andy Kidd and Ian Abernethy and all that stuff <laughs> is not right in the head. So we might as well just accept it. This is our weird little world. Mm. Okay, well, that said, hello and welcome to Conversations on Karate with Sue. And Greg. Can't speak. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good. Thank you. Well, we are here today because we spent yesterday at a seminar in Swindon, sunny Swindon. Hello, sunny Swindon. Swindon. Shout out to Swindon. <laughs> and it was uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I'm going to do my thing again. Oh, it's so good. It was fantastic. You carry on <laughs> with Andy Kidd and Ian Abernethy. Yes. And the subject was the... It was grappling, takedowns, the principles of throwing, all good fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way it started. Ian stood up in front of everybody and said, right, the principles of takedowns, there really is only one. You need to get his head out of his centre of gravity so that he will then fall down. Yeah. And everyone said, okay. And he said, well, I hope you've all enjoyed the day. <laughs> <laughs> It is true. It was pretty summed up in one sentence, really, the, yeah. the idea of takedowns and throws. So that's the principle, isn't it? Just, you know, yeah. move your centre of gravity, move the head over. And then we had four primary ways to do that. Yeah. Was that right? Yeah, to, to stop them from correcting themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying desperately. I've just remembered that. This is going to be us remembering everything, isn't it, basically? So it's going to be us revising Yes, it's revision day. <laughs> revision day. Yeah, I like principle four the best, I think. It's what? the simplest. Smack take, him in the head. Take away so their consciousness. Yes, yeah. take away their consciousness. So their legs the don't job. work. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. Def- that's karate rule number one. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was listening to um, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with John Danaher, who, if you don't know, is a jiu-jitsu guy. And he explains jiu-jitsu in, in four steps, which is take the person to the ground. Um, get past the legs, get a dominant position, secure a submission. And I was thinking, well, karate, you could explain it in one step. It's hit them really hard in the head. Mm. There yes. you go. Yes. A one-step process. <laughs> hit them as hard as you can in the yeah. head. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. You don't need to wear the pyjamas. No, no, no. You don't need to wear the pyjamas. No, none of those things are necessary. No. No, just learn to hit people really hard. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, then you've got your throws that we did yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, throws and kicks, yeah, and and it was um it was it was funny. It always happens to me. Every time I'm shown something like strip away an arm, clear it away, step to the side, instantly I want to knee somebody in the stomach. It's the first thing I want to do every single time. That's fair enough. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not a bad habit. It's not. It's not a bad habit. It's an effective habit. Um. So we we went through a lot. So we had Andy Kidd. Any and Abernethy doing yeah. alternate sessions. Yeah, an hour. Uh, so they, I think they did probably two hours each, didn't they? An All hour, together, yeah. An probably. hour at a time, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Ian kicked things off with. Uh, we basically looked at uh, a sotogari, which is the outer leg reap from judo, 
we did it from a basic yeah. neck and forearm grip um, and then we kind of explored ways in which it fits into different kata like we looked at Nijishiho or Niseishi yeah. um, and we looked at Kurumfa and how the, the same technique appears in those kata which I thought was really interesting it was really interesting mm. um, that the that the techniques come up in different kata, yeah. but um, they weren't kata that that I've done yet. No. Um, so I think again, just as an illustration of what it's like for people who haven't been to those seminars, is it doesn't matter. No, of course. It you doesn't. know, just just kind of like make that point. It's it's fine. Although they were illustrating from kata that you might not have done. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Ian he made that quite clear at first. We did the technique first. Yeah. Which was not relevant to any kata mm. and then we looked at how the same principles from that technique apply in different kata yeah um yeah and that's that's the way to do it i think is some sometimes you can get caught up in learning bunkai and just bunkai whereas like ian was saying it's important to take the techniques and explore the variations and and look at the way other arts do it like like we did the way that judo would do it and how it's different from the way karate would do it yeah he he um he made a really good uh analogy it's not an analogy told a really good story about his history with judo yeah and um with the hip toss he said that um if you do it this way it's like a half hip toss yeah and if you do this it's like a full hip toss yeah. depends whether you get them to go kind of slide off your hip and go sideways yeah or go all the way over and he'd asked his judo instructor which one should i do yeah and the judo instructor said Jump in, throw your hips into it, just do it, and yeah. then work out afterwards which one you did. Yeah. And you'll be able to see which one you did by the position of um, your uki. So if he's laying, you know, vertically, yeah, you did the <laughs> it was a full hip toss. hip toss. And if he's lying horizontally, um, you did the half one. And I, I, again, I think it just always comes back to the sort of thing that, that we like, which is just do it. Yeah. You know, get on and, and do something. Try not to put too much thought into what's about to happen yeah yeah i mean i think you you need to obviously drill the technique first oh yeah no so drill it's, the technique it's perfect first. and yeah. then in in application what happens will happen yeah because and then you yeah. can work out what happened yeah and whether it was effective or not and yeah. then go back and do it again yeah yeah exactly yeah so i think overall with ian we did the oso tagari which is kind of the outer reap and then like i said we looked at it from Nijushiho and, and Kurarunfa. Um and then we did we did um Ippon Sienagi, which is a one arm shoulder throw. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Which is um found in Hian Godan. Yep. Um just before the jump. What else did we do? We did a, a lot of work on grips, mm. kind of working stripping different grips and gaining dominant position in grips. Um and then applying the same techniques from that grip. So how you would apply the shoulder throw if someone starts to take you back and how you would apply the Asotogari if you've kind of dropped your weight forward, already broken the balance of your opponent mm. and taken their leg. And then we looked at some more simple, like Ian was saying, not self-defense-based takedowns because you, you voluntarily take take yourself to the floor, but different different ways. Yes. Kind of using your own body to drop the person. Yeah. Um, there was a particularly good one where... Um you're holding the person around the waist. Yeah. Trap their arm. You bring them backwards and you fall to your knee. Yeah. Holding one knee out. And yeah. that's the knee that they go down over. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. It was a simple, simple and effective one. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty safe too. Yeah, definitely. I would think. Yeah. You know, and, and not just really easy to understand. 
you know, which are the best kind. Because mm. they're the ones you can pull off almost immediately. Yeah. You know, it takes a while to learn a, a one-armed shoulder throw to be able to use it effectively. Yes. Whereas stuff like that, you can drill it a few times and, and you'll get it. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the last one was. What was the last one? That so was the second we, we did the hip one. throw and then we used the same grip. If the person, so if the person's leaning forward, mm. you want to use the hip throw because their weight's going in that direction. If the person's more upright, then to take the person over your hip is going to be too much effort. So you take them the other direction and step over and drop them the other way. It's hard to explain over audio, really, but just go and train with them and you'll find out. Yeah. Just get some throws in there. Just yeah. get some throws into your training. Yeah, for sure. You know, you were had had uh, you were training with Joe. You know, so you know that the, they work depending on. What am I trying to say? When you drill them enough and you work out how it works, you get the momentum right, or yeah. you get the leverage right. It doesn't matter the size of your opponent particularly. I mean, it will do to some some degree. I mean, there's throws like 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 the Ian and Andy were both saying. You will learn these things. And you will take what works for you because not everything will work for you. Like for me, doing a one-arm shoulder throw on Joe is not really... It's not something I would do. Because Joe's... He's a lot bigger than me. He's a lot heavier than me. So for me to get to that position, then lift, then rotate, is a lot of effort for my skill level at that throw. Mm-hmm. Whereas a Sotagari is something I've drilled countless times and I can do it on pretty much anyone. So that that's a technique I would use on Joe regardless of the size difference. Yeah. Because it's all about, it's, it's quicker for me and it's something I've drilled loads on tons of different people. Yeah. It's not to say I would, maybe wouldn't get there with a one-arm shoulder throw, but that, in terms of the technique, is a far more advanced technique to do and pull off. There's a lot more steps to it. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. There's a lot more steps to it. They're, yeah, getting in front of them and getting the position absolutely right, I think, for a novice is, I think they're great to train. Yeah. And they're great to go through and find yeah. out if they work for you. Yeah, but it's all about taking what works for you because, you know, we're all different. Not everything's going to work for everyone. Yeah. Which is what they said. Yeah, there was um, there was one particular one where you would... We'd started off from a what Andy calls the cuddle position. Yeah. So you'd started off from a traditional clinch, but you've moved Bas- your Basically just there. a wrestler's clinch, yeah. A wrestler's clinch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was funny, and um, but you ended up clearing away their their opposite hand with your so you'd be clearing away their left hand with your right hand if that hand was coming in to strike, yeah. and then moving up your left hand to push them down on their face. Yeah, I couldn't make that work for me. Um, I mean, you were with someone who's a lot taller than you. Yeah, but I just you know I I couldn't make that one work for me. It didn't didn't fit for me at all. And that's fine. And I'm getting to the stage now where I know that's not working for me. Yeah. Drill it anyway. Find out how it works. Yeah. You know, make a note of the technique. Exactly. And know that on someone that size, it's not going to work. It's going to feel yeah. uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah. What would have worked would be for me to have used my right hand on his face, pushed up his chin and just stuck my head, my leg behind him. Yeah. That would have been a lot quicker and more efficient for me. Yeah. And you'll find that. Yeah, you'll definitely find that. Yeah. I think that's what I'm enjoying about this learning. Yeah. It's learning to discard. Not discard. Yeah, but you know, is, you know what like I mean. Like we've said before, it's sometimes very frowned upon. But it's necessary. For it you, is necessary. For you to be your own martial artist, I think. Mm. Peter Constantine wrote a, a great article called A Bad Photocopy, which <laughs> I, th- I think you can find it 
on the BCA website. Yeah. I, if I, I'll find it and I'll link it in the description, but um, it is essentially about how, you know, karate's been transmitted is almost like a bad photocopy. You're just copying what's gone before, but mm. not quite as well as the person that did it before you. A version you, of Chinese whispers in many yeah, respects. Essentially, yeah. Um, whereas nowadays you're you're way more encouraged to learn something if you don't like it, bin it, or adapt it to your own, you know, your own body type, which is different mind from immediately dismissing something because you can't do it. Um, which I'm not saying that's what you did there, but you know, sometimes I, I've had it before. We you, you go, oh, I can't do it. It's because you're not understanding it right, mm. and you immediately dismiss it. Whereas if you understand it and you still can't make it work, then it's absolutely fine to to get rid of it but like you said yeah. as long as you understand it so you can pass it on yeah there's nothing wrong with that yeah i mean the bit that did work really well for me was that that sense that if the if the opposite hand is coming in to strike then you're using that side of your hand to hold that at bay that's fine because you could i could do something else then yeah you know so you know oh and we we did god knows how many drills we did off exactly the same clinch yeah you know so from the what grip do you call that neck and forearm neck and forearm grip you know when shift that grip over to the wrestler's clinch and then but then we did a load of others off that clinch it's amazing just yeah. one starting point we went so far down each one yeah i mean the drip that one of the drills we did we, we started from neck and forearm yeah we transitioned to a wrestler's clinch as we're calling it I think we'll just give it that name for now. Let's do that. And then we, we swapped sides a few times, which is a nice warm-up drill. Then we went into an arm drag, then into a takedown. And Andy made a really good point, the difference between um, drilling for skill development and drilling an application. And I really like that distinction because there is a big difference. And he was saying that drill we were doing there was essentially for developing those skills. It's not necessarily how you would use it in application. You know, you're not going to start from that clinch, swap sides a few times with your opponent and then do an arm drag. You're doing that to develop those skills of stripping grips, swapping sides, clearing the arms, getting the arm drag. That's what you're doing there. It's not necessarily how you would use it in application. And like he made, you know, the application would be way more rough, way more messy. But because you've drilled it in that way, I mean, we must have done it hundreds of times. We did. Hundreds of times. In such a short, short amount of time because it yeah. was just constant. And, and doing those reps over and over and over again mm. will make it so you've developed that skill that you can then use an application. Yeah. And I thought that was a really, really good distinction he made. Yeah. Because I, I think Ian made the point as well. You get if if he puts videos online, you get you get people that go, oh, it doesn't work like that in real life. You go, yes, I know. It's a drill. We're using it to develop yeah. this skill. And he made I think like you've said before the distinction with a boxer and a skipping rope. Yeah. You don't you don't box with a skipping rope, but it's part of your overall skill development. It is. Yeah. yeah. As is learning to punch a pad. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. You know, it's it's le- <laughs> and doing combinations on a pad. Yeah. You do combinations on a pad to get used to somebody telling you, you know, calling out different things, random things, hitting hitting short, hitting far. You know, you're not going to work a drill if you're fighting somebody. No. You might work an application based drill, but a skill development drill. Yeah. You may not. Yeah. No. Andy um Andy came up to me when we were doing the the stripping arm when we were in the wrestler's grip. Yeah. We did uh we did one where you would put your hand up, strip the arm down. Yeah. Release your right arm. Yeah. It's really good actually. That yeah. uh, that arm is trapped underneath your opponent, so 
you're facing your opponent, his left arm has trapped your right arm yeah. against them. Just turn it over turn your so thumb that down, your palm rotate, turns yeah. out, yeah, and slide down, literally slide it out. It works like a charm. Yeah, it does, yeah. Do that. You strip this other hand out, your right arm slides under. Yeah, your arm hook, drag. Hook the, yeah, the arm drag. And um, and I was trying to do that without much success. And um, and Andy came over and said, you know, tall opponent, you need to whiz round the side. And I did that. It's like, whoa, my partner just spun. <laughs> yeah, arm, arm drags are good. It's, that's one of those things people don't make enough use of in, in karate, I think. Mm. Yeah, they use it all the time in, in wrestling and jiu-jitsu. It's a great technique. Yeah. I love it. I use it all the time. Well, I, could, I can imagine also in a self-defense scenario, that's a useful one to have. Someone's got a hold of you. Definitely. I mean, it's a quick way for you to get around the back of someone. And in the context we were doing it there, we were varying what we were doing once you get the back. So, so like you said, the drill was you strip the arm, fold your arm underneath, monkey grip the, the person's tricep and, and arm drag it across yeah. as you step behind. So you've taken the person's back. And from there, there's countless things you can do in terms of takedowns, chokes, those are things or self-defense wise run away they're not looking at you yeah which gives you a, a head start yeah so yeah self-defense wise self-defense wise it, it was is, a case of get that grip off you yeah release your arms get the grip off you and for me that's like because it's me it's like kick them straight in the back of the knee before you run away yeah why not yeah <laughs> well that's a nice neat effective way to yeah yeah definitely yeah that was i did like that I didn't like that. Andy, by the way, is such a good guy to go and learn from. Oh, Andy's brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's so, hilarious as well. He's so funny. He's <laughs> he has so no filter. There's no filter. <laughs> no, that's one way to put it. There's no filter. He will say what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, he's very he's a very very good teacher and and martial artist. He's brilliant, yeah. He is. And um yeah, the I I love his colorful use of language. Yeah. It's a nice welcome change from your from your um traditional karate sensei type. It's oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, they they're good uh, they make a good team as well. Yeah, they do. They're when they teach together it's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Because it was a long quite a long seminar actually, wasn't it? It was about 5 hours I think. About wasn't five it overall hours? with a break, yeah. Yeah. And that was long enough. God, I was When you're doing grappling as well, it's it's, it's it's tiring. Yeah. It's really tiring. Because the last bit we did was tiring. Sorry, go on. Well, no, I was going to say, like, Andy made the point of, you know, you're only drilling this, you don't need to go mad. But, you know, like me and Joe, would, we're going at it quite quick. Because once you get the drill, it's like, well, let's just go for it. And it's just tiring. Yeah. It tires you out. It's different to, to striking. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a feeling of overwhelming exhaustion that comes over you when you've been grappling for about 10 minutes. Like, mm. oh, yeah, it does. It really takes it out of you. And we didn't do that much, but the bit at the end was... Yeah, that was really good fun. So we did a... brilliant. Andy called it a chaos drill, <laughs> which was good. So we had we had a circle of, of people and then people in the middle of the circle and the people in the middle just randomly went up and attacked everyone on the outside mm. with kind of anything we did that day. So it wasn't free sparring, but it was free sparring based on what we'd done that day. So they could. So Andy did one of Andy's drills was um, he basically worked everything from Hian Sandan or Pinan Sandan mm. um, from a double lapel grab using the first sequence to kind of create a barrier between you, 
and then clearing the arm again, stepping on the outside and striking. Mm. And the next thing we did was um, basically using a throw, um, which <laughs> he he used Ian's name of the cross buttocks throw. I remember him saying. <laughs> Do you know, I didn't hear him say that. Did you that. not say that? No, no, the acoustics in that hall were, yeah, they were great, a bit, a bit but, echoey, uh, yeah. so I missed a few things. Uh, to which Andy said, I'm too old to lift anyone, so we're going to do my version of it instead. <laughs> which, for, at that point in the day, I was happy to do. Because <laughs> I said I'd lifted Joe enough times. So, yeah. Um, essentially, take it. I mean, those that listen to this probably know what that throw is anyway, but taking the head underneath your arm in essentially a headlock having the front arm stepping across and taking over the small of your back yeah and Andy's variation was just using the leg to trip them and then we we transitioned from there into a scarf hold on the ground and did some stuff how to escape from there which was good fun so that was kind of Andy's bit broken up through the day mm. obviously I've explained it in about a minute flat but it took a lot longer than that yeah and then yeah the, the, the drill at the end was the person attacking can do that double lapel grab. They can do any grip we worked on and they can respond in any way they did. So if you start to do the the throw and they wanted to take you to the ground, they'll just hold on to you or they'll escape and we'll counter in that way. Yeah. So it was good. It was semi-free drills of the stuff we'd done. And you and obviously because you're in the middle of a seminar training with people you've never met before, it's, it gets you used to training with different people. So Yeah. Yeah. And it, that in itself is like I went up to one guy and he was um, very methodical. He said, OK, I'm going to do this, 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 this. It's like, great. You yeah. know, working it through. Love it. And um, someone else just like, bish, bash, bosh, done. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone working it out in their own way. Yeah, which Andy made very clear before we did that drill. He said, you want to do it at 2%. Yeah. In the hope that we'll do it at 10%. Yeah. Which a lot of people didn't, including me probably, but never mind. <laughs> yeah. But it, it that was, um, again, that stuff, it's like, oh my God, the stress comes in for me at that point, thinking, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? But um, that's what you need to do to find out if you've learned it. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. And kind of drum it into your head. Yeah. What you just did. Yeah. What you just spent the last five hours learning yeah i think um they made a good point at the end as well is take it away and practice it you know you, you, just because you've done it on a day on a seminar doesn't mean you've got it yeah regardless of how many times you've drilled it yeah because seminar teaching is different from that uh, seminar training is different from training in the club yeah because you're you're trying to gather everything in whereas really when you come away from it you might only remember one or two things yeah but those are the things you want to drill because those are the things you're going to get right yeah so what did you take from yesterday, Sue? What did you remember from yesterday? Your, what do I remember? Your, your go-to, what's it going to be? I really do like the um, the lapel grab, the sand down drill. Yeah, it was a good drill. I that was that. a good one yeah. for me. Um, yeah, I like that one um, because somehow that just stuck. Yeah. I like that. And uh, me and my partner, we tried that by putting pressure on each other as well. That's mm-hmm. kind of what, what, once we got it, yeah. we did it under... You know, he started shoving me back. Yeah. Well, me and Jane, and we, we, did um, well. we did it against the wall. Yeah. Which was quite good. And then we turned it into a flow drill of, our, you know, Joe pins me against the wall, I'll escape. And as I escape, I'll pin him against the wall. So we just kept rotating. Yeah. Constantly. So again, you got reps and reps and reps and reps in. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good drill. 
And that then... was a good one. I did I did like that. That kind of thing tends to work for me. Mm-hmm. That feeling of um, just having a couple of things to do and then escaping. Yeah. I re- uh, you know, those kind of quick and dirty type of techniques definitely, yeah, definitely. work for me. And I really like the, um, yeah, once you've got them in a headlock and you try and trip them. And if that doesn't work, because we drilled that, didn't we? We did it working and we did it not working. So you've got them in a headlock and yeah, you're trying to trip them. Yeah, ready for the throw. And if, and if they kind of step over your forwards, leg. For them to go forwards, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And if that doesn't work, so if they step round, mm-hmm. keeping them bent over, kneeing them in the face, yeah. and then tripping them over backwards. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That one works for me. That that one in my head, that works like a charm. Probably because it's got knees in it. Yeah. But again, it's all, for, for someone walking in, who had no idea what we were doing, they would not identify that as he and Sandan. But no. It, it very much is. It's exactly the same technique, just done slightly different, and it all works together. And then the same thing we did on the ground was the same principle applied. I'll, um... We'll, what, the, we'll... the rolling over somebody, pinning them yeah, to the yeah, ground? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then using the, the push to push yourself off from here. Oh, I see. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't identified that one. Yeah. I'll link. I'm pretty sure he's got kind of a video of that drill on his YouTube channel, Andy. So I'll link it. Yeah. Because um, if you've never watched Andy's stuff, then do it. And his books are great as well. I bet. I'll link his website. Yeah. Link Andy's website. Yeah. Definitely do that. So, what did you did you learn anything that was completely new for you? Um, the sand drill. I've never done that before. No. A lot of the grips and stuff, obviously, is stuff we do quite a bit. So, but it, it's it's nice to get feedback. From people like Ian and Andy, yeah, you know, for me. So you know, going through it to have them come over and say, "Oh yeah, that that's really good," or just change this slightly, you'll find it works better. Mm. That's what I like to take from days like that. So yeah. yeah, it's it's so good to be able to do something whether you've done it many times or for the first time, and for the expert to come up and yeah, correct you, it's brilliant. Yeah, and it just makes all the difference because I was trying to do that um, the one I just said. Mm-hmm have your partner in a headlock and trying to bring them forward. That's the, that's the sandan. It's like the hip throw or just, just tripping them up over your leg. Either way, isn't it? It's they're basically coming forwards when you've got their head. And if that doesn't work, then doing the knee. So, so I was doing that and Andy came over and it's like, no, change legs, do it this way. And it's like, brilliant. (laughs) Partner ends up on the ground. And then he took hold of uh, took hold of my partner and said, "Oh, do it like this." <laughs> he just like threw my partner into the floor. <laughs> it's funny. There was one, me and Joe were training next to him and and, and his training partner. Yeah. Uh, at one point, I I threw Joe down and moved away, and I looked around <laughs> looked around, and Andy and his partner were on top of Joe, beating him <laughs> to bits. So I was like, "Thanks for the help, guys. Appreciate yeah. that." There you go. Just shows even the good guys could do a pile on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, it was a it was a very good day, informative day, covered in mm. in gee burns and bruises now, mm. and I'm sure you are. Yeah, my right <clears throat> arm is is yeah so sore, pulled it's and pulled. A sign and pulled. of a good day, sign of a good day. Yeah, but I mean, no injuries though, no injuries given given what we did. Yeah, we had no mats either. No mats on a, it was it was a sprung floor. It was though, a sprung floor, it? so it's the fine. Sprung yeah. floor. But no mats, all those people, all spending the entire day, you know, grappling, pulling, headlocks, tripping, falling. They spent the whole day doing that. Yeah. 
and it goes back to safe, productive, and fun. Safe, productive, and fun. Yeah. Learned an awful lot. Didn't get hurt. Got a bit bruised. Oh yeah, a bit but pulled. You know, but that's fine. That's all good. Yeah, <laughs> it's part. It's part of the fun. It's part of the fun. Okay, well, I think we've pretty much covered everything that we did on the seminar. Yeah. Broadly. Broadly. Anyway. Very broadly. Broadly. We covered about five hours in, in about. I don't know, half an hour. Half an hour or yeah. so. Which doesn't do it justice. It doesn't. Believe me, but, you know. But that's, I think that's We're part tired, of... it's early. That's our yeah, excuse. Yeah, but we did that, we said that last time. We can't keep on telling our listeners that we're knackered. Yeah, but it's true. It's because we train hard, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> we train hard. We do, we do train hard. And I have to say, I think five hours. Five hours is enough. That's, yeah. that's I don't think I could have taken much more. Even though we were going, oh, you probably could. Because you're like really much fitter, but I don't know. I think I think uh, yeah, five hours. I would, have gone, I would have gone another five hours. I think. Would just, you really? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I was I was knackered by the end of it, but yeah, I was just, knackered. It's just good stuff. I, I got, yeah. yeah, I would I would have very happily gone back for another day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, which makes me think. I we do um, there are some two day seminars around, aren't there? Yeah. Are there? Yeah, there are. Vince Morris is doing one this weekend. Yeah. Um. Which is two days, which I can't go to. But. No, I can't make it for that one either. Yeah. Too much on this weekend. I think I think generally I'm this is my second seminar. Yes. This is just my second seminar. Yes. And I can't I can't recommend them highly enough. No, to it's, it's everybody. Good. Yeah. Yeah, from whatever stage you're at in your karate career, it's worth going. It is I mean, worth going. Predominantly it was downgrades there, I'll say that. But you know, you're not a downgrade, and there was a couple others that weren't, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you all got on fine. The thing with that kind of seminar is, I don't know, I'm sure there are many other types and types of teachers out there who go at things very, very differently. From a couple of drop comments I've heard from other people, you know, they can be... Well, I've, I've heard people say that you can, as a lower grade, you can be, I don't know... Alienated? Maybe. Would that be fair in in some types um, of seminars? Yeah, I guess it depends where you go, I guess. I mean, I, I, it depends what kind of seminar they're talking about. I've never felt that way. But then most of the seminars I've been on mm. have been since I was a down, it's, you know, it's been a long time since I wasn't a downgrade. Mm. But even before then, I, I don't ever really remember feeling, you know, like that. I hope not. No, I, I, I never, I never did really. Mm. It was, it was a, it was a pretty welcoming place, I'd say. Again, oh, it's all yeah. pretty friendly and relaxed. Yeah, no, there was no ego in the room, which was good. Mm. No, there was no ego in the room. That was fantastic. Ian and Andy wouldn't have had that anyway. I don't no. think they would oh, have. God, no. And it's always going to attract people who like to do this stuff in a fun way I would think yeah as we talked about that last time last time I went to one is that you know you wouldn't invite Ian to to do a seminar if you weren't open to having a very relaxed and informative and fun kind of day Mm. so um, I'm guessing that if you've been around the karate world at all you'll know what kind of seminars it is that the teachers you're looking at will provide. Yeah, yeah. So you probably wouldn't go to one if you wanted, you know, a super serious. No, you wouldn't. Majorly traditional. No. You know, horses for courses. Like Joe was saying on the way back, if you want to learn competition 
style karate, you wouldn't be going to Ian's course. Ian's course. course. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't be not. doing it. So yeah, yeah, well worth looking into. I would definitely go and train with Andy again because he was a riot. Oh, Andy's brilliant. Yeah, we will be training with him again. He's coming down in November. <laughs> he is. He's coming yeah. down for our next grading. He is. Well, your next grading, yeah. Well, my next grading. Yes, I know. When I said hour, I meant the club. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Not yours. Not mine. That's another story for another day. Is it? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that another time then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will. Good or bad. That'll be the next subject. Are we going to hear about that? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. We'll see. Okay, well, I've had to talk about goes. mine. You can talk about yours as much as you like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I don't think we did, we did on the way back, uh, Joe was saying about um, Kumite. Which goes back to what we were saying with Ian a couple of weeks ago on our when he, when Ian was on with us, mm. um, he was saying how he's kind of moving past it now, mm. which I think is really good. You know, he's he's um, doing what we said, rejecting what what he finds useless. It's all part all part and parcel of it. Yeah, that's the thing with Kumase, isn't it? Is if you're constantly being taught to move backwards. That's exactly what he said. Yeah then you step into a, you know, even light, actual kumite, actual sparring, and then you're told not to move backwards. Yeah. You've got to wonder why you've been taught that in the first place. Yeah. Was there any point? Well, it's like Ian was saying yesterday, you know, the idea of doing these drills are to instill good combative habits. Yes. That you can unconsciously use. And if from day one you're instilling a bad combative habit of stepping backwards that's what's going to come out so yeah. why not instill good combative habits from day one yeah it's just common sense yeah it's also behavioral habits when i think about it as well i know this is self-evident and i know this anyway and everyone knows this but it's just the habit if you will of being aggressive and coming forward hmm. is a habit too isn't it yeah overcoming the, the feeling of wanting to step back or step away in a threatening situation and actually learning a different way to think or behave, even just, just coming forward or just being ready to be aggressive, mm-hmm. is a habit too. Yeah, it's like having that switch, you need to switch on. Yeah, and drill that quite yeah. a lot. But even cutter on your own is great for that. You know, As soon as you're stood up, you just say, ready, you call the name of your cutter, you're switched on then, and mm. there is nothing that goes on in that room that will break from that kata which is bad for kind of your awareness overall awareness situational awareness training self-defense wise is very bad because you Mm. want to be kind of switched on to everything that's happening Mm. but for kind of developing that trigger of when it's time for you to go you need to go it's very good it is yeah and you're not when you're drilling kata when you're practicing kata you're practicing kata Mm. You know, you're getting the flow right and the rhythm right and the movements right. You're not doing bunkai. Um, and it depends. I'm doing it in my head, which makes a difference to your kata. Mm. Yeah, there's a difference. I mean, if I if I perform, you know, like I've said to said to you before, that the kata that I use predominantly for my bunkai based training are the five hiyans. Mm. So if I do a hiyan and 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 teki or naihanji as well, if I do one of those as I'm doing the kata in my head. I'm always thinking about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So there's a different feel to when I do those kata when I do, say, I don't know, a kata that I don't really practice much bunkai from. 
It's, it's just a different, it's a different animal. Yeah. And it probably looks different from the outside as well. I don't know, because I can't watch myself, but I mean, I could. I don't like to. Don't you? Don't you like filming it? No, no, not really. I mean, we, we, we've filmed stuff before, like I'll, I'll film a drill to kind of remember it mm. or, or, you know, I'll film rounds of sparring sometimes so that I can watch it back and see the good and bad parts. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't like watching myself really. No. Now I don't either, but it's, um, we, we recorded some sparring that we did quite a few months ago. Oh, oh that was about a year ago, wasn't it? It could have been. I don't remember. God, what, the three of us? Ages ago. Yeah, three of that us. That was over a year ago, yeah. Yeah, and um, rounds and a few rounds of it. And, um, yeah, it was um, incredibly informative. I thought I was, you know, moving around a lot more than I was. I really wasn't. Well, if, th- we, if we were to film around, like, tomorrow mm. and compared the two, there would be a big difference. Do you think? 100%, yeah. Really? Yeah, massively. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's something that more people should do. Well, we'll do that then next time. Next time we we get the gloves on, we'll we'll film around. Yeah. And I, I guarantee you, there'll be a big difference. Yeah. From from both of us, not just from you, from from me as well. Yeah, I think not just from a being self-critical point of view, but just to evidence yourself how much you've progressed, how much you've changed. Yeah. And yeah, pick the faults out and sort of say, look, that's a terrible fault that you've got there. And you can only see it when you're filming it. Yeah. But um, it was quite something to look back at that, to look yeah. at those films. Well, me, I remember me and Brad, we did some rounds on the ground. You did. And I remember watching that going, what, you, like, like, you're an idiot, Greg. Just do this. Like, you at the time, because of the, you're involved in it, you, this, because of something I hadn't drilled enough, I guess, mm-hmm. I didn't immediately go to it whereas watching it back I'm going what are you doing that's the most obvious thing in the world you need to do there yeah and you haven't done it you didn't put your foot up something like that yeah, I can't it was something it was. like yeah. that yeah. something like yeah but now because you recognised it and now I've drilled a bit more it, it happens mm. okay well, we're going to start doing some filming then yeah I guess we can do for no one else but us <laughs> yeah <laughs> covered in sweat and swearing and the place that we practice is big gym so yeah, the noise yeah. then the, you know there's no sound quality oh God, to no, it you know no. it's just you'll get some random music in the background random music it was better last time for me with um a lot of metal and rock so yeah it was and old music it's just not your it wasn't, thing at it, all it wasn't gym music for me it wasn't something i could lift weights to that's for sure no no that's not your kind of thing at all is it no. okay well that's the plan then we're going to do a bit more recording we can do a yeah. little bit more filming. Yeah. Yeah. So Greg and I keep um, keep you know kind of losing our thread today. We do. See, <laughs> <laughs> that's information overload. Brains are fried. And Ian said that actually at the end. He said, "Right, any questions?" Silence. Everyone's like, "No, no, no questions." And he said, "No, it's not uncommon." He said, "Everyone's brains are absolutely fried after five hours of information being thrown at them." Yeah. So. You know, that's good. It's good Good to know it's, it's not, not us. No, 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 definitely not. It's normal, <laughs> Just, I would say. Yeah, so much information. But a great seminar, really good. And what are you going to... Do you think we'll start practising that, bring that into class soon? Some um, of it. 
Yeah, I would I would say so. I mean, there's, there's a lot of it we've done before anyway. Mm. It's just the kind of the way it's drilled is different. Um, but like Joe was saying on the way home, getting rid of things like kumite, traditional sambon, ippon kumite, gives you more time to practice stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And doing them as warm-up drills, which is something that you always used to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's one thing I'm a believer of is if you're going to warm up, warm up with something that's relevant. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing Andy was saying. He was he was like, when we're doing this this drill, just think of it as a warm up. Don't go mad. Mm. He said I used to pur- purposely turn up late to avoid massively long warm ups that were more intense than the workout themselves. Which, yeah, that's a fair point. A warm up should be just to get you warm. It shouldn't be to immediately knacker you out. What is the name of, um, so sorry, I'm doing my thing with names again. On a Joe Rogan podcast, I had a really long interview with a guy, Faraz Sahabi. Faraz Sahabi, yeah. Faraz Sahabi. Can't believe it came back. Hey, hey, my brain is kicking in. Absolute legend. He was, uh, so that's like a three hour interview. Yeah, it's great. conversation. Yeah. Really good. A really uh, interesting thing that he he was saying that I, I liked he was saying he doesn't do warm-ups particularly. He he, When he warms up, he goes and rolls with a blue belt, yeah. a jiu-jitsu blue yeah, belt. Yeah, yeah. That's his warm-up. Yeah. When he's done an hour or so of that incredibly gently, then he's warmed up, then he goes. And, yeah, and, because he's warming up with things he's going to later yeah. use. The other principle that he used was that um, you always train you you're never maximize well hardly ever beasting yourself yeah hardly ever beasting yourself yeah he said because the stress on your body um first of all the stress on your body is not good for you that you wear out the machine was the way he was putting it yeah so i might have this a little bit wrong but i think this is you know broadly right um sorry do you want me to say this or do you want to carry on (laughs) carry on (laughs) i shouldn't be saying this moment (laughs) Um, and the other thing was that if you can do 20 minutes of of rolling with with someone and then you're exhausted if you do 20 minutes or 21 minutes and you beast yourself you can't function the next day so you do that three times a week yeah and you do it to the max whereas if you did 15 minutes at a lower level yeah and you did that every single day. Yeah. By the end of the week, you've done considerably more minutes than the other guy. Yeah. Who's doing 20 minutes and beasting himself yeah. and can't function and is then injured and hurt. Yeah. So by the end of the month, that adds up to a lot more minutes. Yeah, by the absolutely. end, And you're, you are building your ability and your capacity, but you're doing it a lot more gently. You're not forcing your body and injuring it your capacity and your training. So by the end of the year, you've been on the mat for... You know, and for us, obviously, you know, you've had the gloves on for X amount more yeah. hours, yeah, days definitely. even, than somebody who's beasting it. Yeah. yeah. And there's a time and a place for for beasting yourself. So how does that work then if you're trying to improve not just your skill level, but your fitness? How does that sit in? Because I know that sometimes you do have to push yourself beyond what but you... It's, yeah, so but where it's, does that sit there's in There's a difference that? between pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and pushing yourself to a point where you're just you're just over training you know so so like in in that same podcast for us is talking about if someone's doing pull-ups he said if the maximum amount of pull-ups you can do is 10 he said if i held a gun to your head you could not do 11 pull-ups he said 
on our workout, I'm not going to make you do 10 because that is your absolute limit. So for you to get to 11, you'd need to do maybe six. And then the next day you need to do a little bit more and a little bit more and build up slowly. So this is just a gradual thing. Um, but yeah, there is, there's a time for testing maximums. I've done it in the gym before where you go, right, today, you, you don't just randomly decide out of the blue, but it's okay, this day I'm going to test out my one rep max on a certain lift. And I'm going to see where I'm where I'm at now. And then your training after that will work up to achieving a different number. Um, but just because you can lift a certain amount doesn't mean you do that every session. No. Okay. So, yeah, it's gradual. It's got to be gradual. Yeah. I think that's... Sometimes when we're training, like you said, you could have stayed in that seminar for a long time. Longer yeah. than longer than yeah. we I was kind of at my maximum. Yeah. Energy wise, I was kind of done. Oh, I mean, yeah, but I was kind of I was getting worn out. But in terms of yeah, you know, but the 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 that's still five hours of karate. Yeah. When we do some training on a Sunday morning, depending on what we're doing. Yeah. I would very happily stay there for another two or three hours because yeah. I'm oh, yeah. by no means by no means exhausted. Sometimes no. we've done you know, several rounds of, of sparring or using the punch bag and I am done. Yeah. That's fine. But it's more often than not... Yeah, it's not every session. you interested and you're occupied and you're learning things and you could very happily do that for another two or three hours. So, and I think that's where yesterday sat in that kind of you're interested, you're occupied, you're learning, it's good. You could do it for a long time. It was like when Ian was on, on with us, he was saying you, you need to drill below that level of adrenaline. Yeah. And and when you, you get really tired, adrenaline does creep in because you're trying to keep yourself going. Yeah. And that's when you lose. If, you, if you've not instilled those good habits, that's when they don't appear. Yeah. So that's... you need to train below that to get those habits in. You do. But when you do, when all of your karate classes are exhausting, you you know, if you're doing that twice a week, you, you're going to find it really hard to practice. Yeah. On the other days in between those. Yeah, for sure. So you need to almost be getting your fitness you know, doing extra stuff to get fitter. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, rather than just, you know, drilling and learning in, in a karate class. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't... I've always kind of thought that the, the, the dojo is not the place for you to get fit. No. It will help, absolutely, but yeah. you and should be are, doing stuff outside to help. And there are some sessions when it is, you know, when you're running yeah, about you or you're doing loads yeah. of grappling or you're doing tons of kicking. You know, that's aerobic workout without yeah. doubt. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there are there are going to be sessions where you're dead by the end of it. Yeah. You know. Which is fair enough, but like you're saying, so it's it's a case of like sprinkling those in. Absolutely, yeah. Sprinkling those in, but generally keeping it below what you're capable of to yeah. a degree. Yeah. And do, doing a lot of it. So you're building up your skill level in that thing. Yeah. Well, it's like, and again, like, what, what, what did I do Thursday? Uh, this Thursday just gone. Oh, God, yeah. I said, right, well, I need to get some grappling training in. So what we're going to do is we're going to do just three-minute rounds. I'm going to stay on the mat, and we're just going to rotate, and yeah. everyone's going to swap. So I trained with I don't know, five five or six, wasn't it? Yeah. People of all different sizes, different weights, nonstop. And I was done by mm. the end of it, probably about 20 minutes, mm. and I was nonstop. I was done. But yeah. I wouldn't do that every session. No, it's but just, you had just, to test it. You had to find had, out yeah, where you were up to. I had to see where I was at, and I needed to do that. Yeah. So now I know. 
I can handle 20 minutes, just about. You could, yeah, I mean, you were done. I was done, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. were wasted the next day. Yeah, I was. Yeah, and I only did two lots. Yeah, you did a couple. I only yeah. did two. So, yeah, that was very, very seriously exhausting. Yeah. I remember at one point thinking, God, when is that bell going to go off? When? <laughs> when? <laughs> but it was good for me to train with... With, with you and, and some other people we have of all different, you know, yeah. weights. Well, most of us are making it up as well. So we're going to come up with random stuff. Well, that's what I said. I kind and of that's said, good for I, you. I kind of said, just do what you want. Like, there's nothing specifically I want you to do. Just make it hard for me. So the, the rule was, you can strike, I can't. Mm. So if you wanted to punch me in the face, you could, you're could. you more than welcome to. Oh, I did. I obliged. Did, which I, <laughs> but I wasn't allowed to do it. So I was trying to make it as difficult as I can for, for me. Yeah. Yeah, but again, that's that's once in a while. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it all the time. No, but that's when you're trying to, you know, improve a specific thing in a certain amount of time. Yeah, and it's and it's a way to identify flaws in the training. Yeah. So when I'm under pressure, what came out, what didn't, mm. so it shows what you need to work on. Mm-hmm. I mean, with some like you know, like like good old Johnny, bless him, who is a lot, you know, bigger than me. He's what six four, and he's so good, heavy. Yeah, and I'm not six two, and I'm not heavy, so, <laughs> um, and, and my level on the ground is not enough to overcome to overcome the, the, the that difference. sheer size difference. So for the, for the for the minutes I was with with him, it's just about survival. Yeah. Whereas you know, with you, I could focus on different submissions or something. Whereas with with him, it's like I just need to make sure he doesn't get anything on me, mm. and just survive. Which I managed to do, so that's fine. I'm happy with that. <laughs> not dead yet, Greg. No, not yet. <laughs> no, well, that was that was a very productive session. Yeah. Interesting one. I've yeah, done that before. Yeah. But going back to Faraz Zahabi, if anyone's not listened to him, I, I listen to his podcast. Um, it's really good. Mm. He's obviously an MMA. He's George St. Pierre's MMA coach. He's He trains um, Rory McDonald. A lot of guys. He's brilliant. So check him out and watch some of his stuff. He's not, He's like I said, more of an MMA guy. His views on self-defence are probably a little bit different to to ours. But you find that with a lot of MMA coaches. But yeah, he's, he's probably the best MMA coach out there, in my opinion. Why? Why particularly? Just from the guys he's, he's brought up, the environment that he runs. Everyone that goes to him normally says that they come away much improved really yeah he's very knowledgeable very knowledgeable he seemed it yeah his um again i'll link it tristar gym is his youtube channel and he's got tons and tons of stuff on there Mm. which you may or may not find relevant you know depends if you want to watch an hour of him explaining side control or guillotine escapes it's you know yeah there's different things on there but it's, it's all worth watching as long as you take it for what it is Another thing that Ian and Andy were saying yesterday is context is king. So, you know, if you're if you're going to his Farras's channel looking for self defence, then then don't go and look for what it is, mm-hmm. which is competitive fighting. Yeah. Which then obviously there are elements you can take and bring across, but by and large, it's you know if you're watching an hour of jiu-jitsu, you're watching an hour of jiu-jitsu. You're not watching an hour of self defence. No, of course. Yeah. And if you're really only interested in karate, then it's perhaps not going to be relevant to you. But I think those principles of yeah. of training 
um, that I was talking about, the principle of, you know, keeping it at a certain level, not beasting yourself every single time, but trying to get the maximum, you know, just getting some practice in on a frequent basis will improve your skill level of whatever you're doing because you're not destroying yourself. You're just getting the practice in. Mm -hmm. And those kinds of things, you can pick those principles up, I think, from many different disciplines. Yeah, I agree. So he's a good one. Definitely a good one. And Joe Rogan does have some interesting guys on. I love Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's brilliant. Yeah. I like the MMA, the fight, fight companion ones. He does a great fight companion ones. Yeah. Where he kind of it's it's him um, and a few other guys who are brilliant that just they'll watch a UFC or a Bellator event as they go, Um, which normally is nothing about the event at all because they're all just talking about other stuff. But yeah, it's worth listening to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good podcast. Okay, well, we've done enough recommending absolutely everybody else at, yeah. at, all, all over the place. Joe Rogan, Firoza Harby, Andy Kidd, and Ian, Ian Abernethy. All superb resources. Yes. Cool. Well, I think we have we have natted on enough for today. Thank yeah. you very much, Greg. This has been so interesting. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, go train. Go train with those people. It's fantastic. Yes, go and train do it go and train if you ever get a chance then make sure you do yeah definitely well thanks very much greg it's been a really really good session thank you cheers okay bye everyone. bye